outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning podcast, Reality. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I will be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call Parareality. Well, loyal listeners, I've got a really great treat in store for you tonight. I've been working for months behind the scenes to get these guests on the podcast, and today's finally the day. In just a few short minutes, I'll have on the phone all the way from the UK, Sam and Carl from the Parasearch radio show. Sam and Carl are UK-based paranormal investigators with over 25 years of paranormal investigation experience between the two of them. And they've invested some of the UK's most haunted locations and have even been co-hosts of the popular Parasearch radio podcast for the last six years where they share their paranormal experiences, talk to other paranormal investigators, and help to promote paranormal unity. So on tonight's journey into the realm of parareality, Sam and Carl are going to tell us how they got started in all this. They're going to give us some insights on some of their more popular paranormal investigations and give some advice that those of you who may want to become a paranormal investigator but don't know how. So to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. However, before we begin tonight's journey, let me tell you how you can contact me here at the podcast because, as you know, there are a few different ways you can do it, and here they are. First of all, you can email me. My email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Second, you can find me on Facebook by going to the Parareality page on Facebook and just following me there. Third, you can also follow me on Twitter. My username is Radio. That's Radio. And lastly, you can always call the show at 615-692-1170. That number again is area code 615, then dial 692-1170. And you can leave me a message on the studio line. Now, I'm in the studio a lot working on the podcast, so I might just answer the phone. You never know. But let me tell you this, just in case I don't and you leave a message, if you decide to do that, just by leaving me the message, you are giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. So unless you specifically say you don't want that played back on the air, the chances are pretty high that it will get played back on the air. Now, I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast. So if you have a story that you'd like to get on the show, you can email me sandman at parareality.com or you can call up the voicemail and leave me a message it's 615-692-1170 if you're telling me the message and you're leaving the message and you run out of time call back and just pick up where you left off and that number again to call is 615-692-1170 email the show sandman at parareality.com or Follow me on Facebook on the Parareality page or at Parareal Radio on Twitter. So those are all the ways you can get in touch with me here on the show. Now, before I introduce my guest, I got to do a fan mail because I've been doing that a lot here lately. And, uh, man, 
this 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 mail comes from Ricardo, courtesy of YouTube. I'm not going to give out a last name, but his name is Ricardo, and he's referring to the Solomon Island Giants episode that I did with part-time co-host Eric. And Ricardo writes, I'm coming to see them and make alliance with them. I don't care if they eat me. This will happen August 2020. And the August 2020 is in all caps. Man, um, I don't know what to say exactly to you, Ricardo, except for... Uh, good luck if you happen to make it there, especially now with all this coronavirus, COVID-19 stuff going on. So, number one, if you can make it through all that, good luck. Number two, if you survive, contact me again because I'd love to hear your story. So, that is from Ricardo referring to our Solomon Giants episode that I did back uh, several months ago. And now for the time that you've all been waiting for, I know I have... Let me introduce you to Sam and Carl of Parasearch Radio. Guys, welcome to Parareality. Hey. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Surviving the lockdown over here. Bored out of my skull. Same, Same here. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, but strange world we live in. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of a changing the way you, you, you live your life at the moment. But we're all holding in. Yeah, that's one of the things that I wanted to, uh, actually the very first question that I wanted to ask the two of you was, how is this affecting what you do over there and uh, your your podcast and, and, and how, are you, how are you handling it? Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult at the moment, obviously. We're, we're not on a total lockdown in the UK, but we're, we're told we're not supposed to go out. Um, only to get essential shopping, uh, one hour of activity, one hour of exercise a day. Um, if you can work from home, work from home, etc. So it is, it's kind of strange. Um, so there's no investigating going on. Um, we're still, both myself and Sam are still working in the background, preparing uh, for podcasts and, and the radio show we do. Uh, on PA Sector Radio. Um, so, yeah, we're still working behind the scenes. We're still um, doing research, but it's, we're just not physically out in the field. Stay in, keep safe, and that's all you can do. Yeah, that's pretty much what we're relegated to here at the States. It's just uh, shelter in place and only go out to the store and have your food delivered if you can't cook. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like I said, I'm I I uh, I, I'm really wondering how all of this rest is going to to affect all of these paranormal hotspots that that are just investigated to death, and maybe it'll give them a chance to um, to recharge and and um, uh, hopefully um, produce better evidence when when people do start going to investigate them again yeah yeah i'm i'm I'm, yeah i'm both myself and sam we're just we're just keen to see what what, what's going to happen when we can um but i think you're right i think we i mean sam had a chat about this the other day i think with what's going on in the world i think it will be giving these venues time to recharge reboot 
I think the activity might be different. I think it's either going to be flat out what you, where, where you've been and they're curious of where, what's been going on or it's going to ramp it up a little bit and go all in. Yep. I, I hope that we see uh, these places get a rest and, and, and a recharge and maybe we'll get some, some new evidence out of them. After all, like I said, it's it's people are, you know, because of the popularity of, of the paranormal and all these shows, these, these uh, reality shows that investigate them over and over and over again, I kind of have, have thought like, man, it, it's just got to be, that's got to be affecting the way that um, you gather evidence and, and affecting the, 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 the spirits that are there, you know, maybe they get, mm. maybe they get tired of answering the same questions over and over again. Who knows, you know, maybe this will give them a, a chance to relax and take a vacation, mm. so to speak. Yeah. I- I just also hope on a financial like this, some of the locations, particularly places in, in America, um, that they survive and rely on groups going in to investigate. And I just hope that when we do come out the other end, that these places have been able to survive um, without the income coming in, yeah. um, which I'm hoping I'm hoping they will, because uh, we have we have several over in the UK which. Majority, well, probably eighty percent of their income um, is coming from people going in um, to to investigate. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't happen to think about that when I was uh, when we were discussing that. But yeah, that's that's also a um, a factor because you have some of these places are just great locations to go into, but if they close their doors, then how are we going to get in there? You know? Mm, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And this, this, I can think of probably three or four just at the top of my just off the top of my head in the UK that rely rely on the money from the paranormal industry to survive because that's all they do. Yeah. Um, and now nobody's going. Obviously, they've still got upkeep. They've still got bait, bills to pay, etc. So um, it's going to be. I'm hoping that there's going to be a glint at the end of the tunnel. And when we do come out of it, these, these venues have survived because it would be a, a real shame and a real loss to the industry to yeah. lose some of these locations. It sure would. It sure would. Now, let me, let's kind of switch gears here for a second. And I want to talk to you guys about how did the two of you get into paranormal investigations? What What was the spark? Mine was watching paranormal TV shows. I know most of them are for entertainment purposes only, but after seeing a paranormal TV show, I was like, oh, I want to go out and see, you know, if it's the same on TV. And it just gives me that. Because some of these locations, if I didn't paranormal investigate, we'd probably never visit a museum. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you want to say what show it was that kind of got you uh, started? Most Haunted. (laughs) <laughs> say that again i didn't i didn't get that most haunted oh most haunted oh yeah. yeah i you know i've seen a few episodes of that show um i think they had it run over here in the states for a, a short period of time um but it's been god years and years ago uh in that the one that has Derek acora on it or it used to 
I think that was when I saw it was when Derek was, was the, uh, the resident psychic on the show. Yeah. So what about you, Carl? How did you get started in all this? Um, well, I was, um, I've always been brought up with a close knit family. Um, Mm -hmm. and at like holidays, Christmas time, Easter, we used to, because we moved from, um, the North of England down to the South east of england mm-hmm. um so every christmas and holidays we used to go between where the family's houses were and my grand um god bless her she used to just she used to babysit while obviously the, the, the adults went out and did what everybody does at holiday time um and she yeah. used to tell us ghost stories so i've always sort of been interested in that i've been brought up on scary stories and urban urban myths and legends and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then when we when we initially moved down to the kent um me and we while our house was being built we stayed in this um old country hotel in in kent yeah and me me and my brother had one room and my dad and mum had um, the other room and we had like a connecting door and everything like that. Um, and one one night, um, me and my brother were watching TV and out of the corner of our eyes, we see the door handle of the room uh, that leads out into the corridor slowly go down, slowly go up. Uh-oh. I'm I'm the curious one out of out, me and my older brother, mm-hmm. so I'm straight to, straight at the door and I'm looking at the door handle, and he did it again, and he did it a third time, um, and then as soon as he did it the third time, I grabbed the handle and opened the door. I looked one way, nobody. I looked the other way, um, and I saw a figure wandering around the corner. Um, so we bang, we close the door, we bang on the connected door, we tell. Uh, tell my mum and dad the next morning when we went down for breakfast my dad was asking whether there was anybody um in fancy dress because the way i described what i saw was uh a gentleman in fancy dress Mm -hmm. wearing a wearing a funny hat and carrying a sword wow um and then it then got sort of related to us from the manager and he showed an article and the particular floor that we're on, there, there's a report of seeing um, a cavalier from the English civil war wow. because the hotel back in the day um, had a, a, had connection to the English civil war and it was a cavalier stronghold. Um, and the manager took um, my dad and myself up and showed us the end of the corridor um, and what I thought was a corridor that just turned round and into into another corridor um, was actually a dead end. Oh. Um, so the figure disappeared round the corner. Um, so that that sort of really piqued my interest. And I've always sort of been interested in it. And then I got into it by going on a public event when there was a there was a, an investigation at my local pub. Um, and then it sort of carried on from there. I got I, every time I went, I had more questions than answers, yeah. and I just got into it and got into it more, and then got into the kit side of it, and then yeah, been doing it for just over twenty years now. Wow! And how how old were you when you had your first encounter? Uh, 
I was about six or seven. Oh, so yeah, pretty young. You know, I was, yeah. um, gosh, I was probably about that age when I had uh, my first encounter and, um, it, it did two things to me. It's first of all, it scared the hell out of me. And second of all, it made me, uh, you know, wonder, well, what the hell was that? And mm-hmm. then now you're on this, this quest to try to find out what it is. And here it is all these years later and you're still looking for answers. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. And like it said, I wasn't. I wasn't scared when I when I saw this figure. The figure mm-hmm. to me was completely solid. Um, it wasn't the typical Hollywood ghost. It wasn't like sort of rattling chains in a sheet or anything like that. Scary. It was a solid figure. So yeah. I wasn't scared, but I was. I, I got questions about it. Um, and as I said, every time I've gone onto an investigation, I've, I've got questions, and I get more questions and I get answers, and that just keeps spurring me on. And same with Sam. Um, we then sort of met up uh, when she interviewed me on on the radio, um, and we sort of then became hosts. And it sort of carried on from there. And what do you think is the best evidence that you have ever captured? Is um. I've got some interesting photos. Um, got one photo. I was field testing some different camera, mm-hmm. still camera IR lights um, to basically project on a video camera, uh, so you can take stills through a video yeah. camera. Um, and I was in a um, some woods in Kent called Pluckley, um, allegedly the most haunted village in the UK. Oh, and we were in we were in Pluckley Woods. We're in what they call the Screaming Woods, but it's actually the Daring Woods. And we were at uh, a crossroads, which they call High Women's Crossroads, because back in the day it was where people used to go and walk through to go between Pluckley and and Daring. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was messing around and we were taking photos. There was only two, there was three of us. Uh, there, not including me, and I was taking photos of the three that were standing probably five, ten yards away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the IR light on the that I was testing then shone up probably no more than ten feet. Wow! So anything further than ten feet, the IR light didn't sort of illuminate. Mm-hmm. And um, when I've taken the photos, when we were looking back at them. Um, there's a figure uh, of a pregnant woman lit up in the photo, um, and this was the next day. And we, I was like, that that's got to be somebody being yeah. picked up by the eye on the light. Um, so we go back to the woods, go back to the crossroads because we knew we exactly where we were. Yeah, recreated it. They stood there with. And we worked out that this figure was probably 35 to 40 yards away from where, from us. Mm-hmm. And it would have been physically impossible for the IR light I was using to no. light somebody up. Yeah, I, I was thinking and, 10 feet is probably a pretty good distance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But we worked it out 25, 30 yards. Wow. Um, and there's, you can clearly see it's a pregnant lady. 
she's got a hand on her back, she's sort of leaning back. We then reviewed our EVP recorders uh, and we picked up uh, a couple of EVPs in the same area, mm-hmm. uh, a woman's voice, Class A, saying, it's cold, the men are in the village. Hmm. Sound like she was lonely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wow. That's probably visual, visual-wise, but I've had personal experiences like Sam's had personal experiences as well. Sam, what was uh, what are some of your personal experiences? One which was which I can't put my finger on, and I'm still waiting to go to this back to this location, and it's not happened yet, you know. Um, but back a while back, I used to take photos on a photography camera because mm-hmm. obviously you can have a lot of issues using your mobile phone, and we were investigating an old firehouse flash fire engine depot type location yeah and you know as you do i was just snapping photos and i thought oh nothing of it i've captured nothing and then i got home plugged me your photography camera into my laptop got the photos up blew them up and i kept the only i can describe it as i captured the old fireman in a uniform in the old uniform mm. and you know i was proper gutted because they say take two photos after each other, and I didn't. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do is get back to the location because then I can try and recreate it, see if you know it was reflection on anything, if it was something, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always good to um, try to debunk, for lack of a better word, your evidence yeah. because if yeah. you if you if you can't debunk it, then there's pretty much, I guess, only one explanation left for it, and that would be something unexplainable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, Sam, yeah. keeping keeping up with you here for just a second, you said that mm-hmm. uh, you were watching Most Haunted, and that got you interested in the paranormal. So how did you, once you had that spark, that interest, how did you go about like doing your first inga- investigation, did you did you find a, a group to join, or did you just go out and start doing it by yourself? How did you how did you develop all this? Well, like you know, like call I'm in my local area where I used to live. This um, person I used to work with was holding a charity ghost hunt oh. to the public. So I was like, oh yeah, you know, I've got to go, and that's how I got into it. And I'm, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best event but it got me like Carl said earlier it gives you more questions than answers mm-hmm. when you go these things so now do you get tired of that of of always having more questions than answers do you ever get frustrated with that not really because i just you know i just enjoy doing the research and because i think it'd be a bit boring in this field if we all had got the answers you know what is the point in going out and doing what we're doing if we know every single answer to the paranormal field that's how a it good happens. answer yeah that was a good answer yeah i i agree because if we if we find out everything there is to know then there's no point to continue on right yeah yeah so totally so what would be like some of your favorite places that the two of you have investigated 
I'll let Sam go first on this one. What? Do you want to do it, do it separately? Or? Yeah, fine. Go, do, yeah. You can do it. You can, however you want to do it. I've in a lot more split places than me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, you know, however, however you want to do it. But yeah, tell me your, yeah, let's just go with, with separate. Let's, let's, what's your personal favorite, Sam? Some it depends on like experiences and evidence we get. Like one which is I like is Morton went Morton Winter Garden Morecambe Winter Gardens, which was like an old winter. It was like a weird. It was like you know a theatre where you go and see theatre productions mm-hmm. and things like that. Like that it, that place is just like you know dead old school Victorian. They still got it how it used to be. Um, well, I can't. Anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. And it, it's like um, Warwick Castle. Obviously, we've only investigated Warwick Castle a few times, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've investigated Warwick about four or five times. but You've liked it a few times, because it's like five. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've, I've been doing it a little yeah. bit longer in um, various different places. So. But you've, you've, you've done all the ones like, uh, so yeah, and another one like I love, which is an uh, it's called NZO Army Camp, and it was an old mm-hmm. army camp, and it's just I like my history, you know, and yeah. going to places with different hauntings and different history. Yeah, I like history as well, and I always love to know the history behind the place uh, that I'm that I'm going to, you know, and it 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 helps to. Uh, get a big picture of everything. Mm-hmm. What What about you, Carl? What's your favorite? Um, well, this is just, <laughs> just it's a tough one because it changes week by week, yeah. if you're honest. But um, I'll just give you a, a couple of locations. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a uh, place called Draco Tunnels in the UK, um, which is 27,850 meters Wow. of underground tunnels. So small place. Uh, yeah, small place. <laughs> small place. Um, that was completely um, non-visible from, from the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was built uh, by the Rover Car, car Company um, to build um, ammunition and that, uh, lorries for the war effort. Okay. Um, so that's that. One of the one of the locations. Um, I've been lucky enough to investigate both this side of the pond and your side of the pond. So, um, the Hawthorne Hotel in Salem mm-hmm. um, was unbelievable. Um, such an amazing, amazing um, hotel, uh, and we stayed there. We were staying there for well, I actually stayed there for ten days, wow. and we investigated most 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 evenings. Um, and we, they gave us free run. They let us in areas. Brilliant. <laughs> um, there's a place in the UK um, which sadly is no more, but it was called the Explosion Museum down in uh, Gosport near Portsmouth, mm-hmm. um, which was where uh, the ammunition um, for the Battle of Waterloo. Um, wow. And Battle of Trafalgar for the cannons. It was all prepared there, um, so it's got a lot of history. Um, but my all-time favourite, because of a personal experience, is 
uh, another fort um, which is local to me, which is like 10 minutes up the road, um, which is a place called Fort Horsted. It just has something that keeps drawing me back, a personal attachment. Um, had one of my scariest moments and yeah, um, that place, there's something about it. I feel weird if I haven't been. Um, I feel when I walk through the, the, the gates over the drawbridge, I feel at home. Um, and it's just, a, it's just a location which never fails to amaze, uh, amaze me from what the activity we, we, I've seen, witnessed and experienced. Do you think the reason you have such strong feelings about that place is because there's some sort of something that could be attached to you that's drawing you there? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we we were the first. I was the one with with the team. I was at the time one of the first team. Well, the first team to actually investigate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been researching the faults because uh, it was built in Napoleonic times to be. It was one of five faults that they built to protect Chatham historical dockyard, the military dockyard. Um, but by the time they finished building it, the ammunition was flying further and all five forts became obsolete. Okay. But it was built by using um, French prisoners of war. Um, and there, was, there's, there is reports of death, etc. Um, and we, we, I found the location. I just happened to phone them up and I went, this is going to sound like a very strange question. Mm-hmm. Um, would you let us in? on a Friday or a Saturday night to look for ghosts. And the bloke, there was a, a pause and he went, oh, you want to do what? <laughs> um, and once you explain to him, Paul, um, who was uh, luckily I was talking to, who now has become a very good friend, Paul. So I explained what we did. He went, so you're just, you just need access to the fault. You don't need to do anything, et cetera, et cetera. I said, that's it. And yeah. he went, yeah, fine. I can charge you money for it. I went, yep, that's, Yep, fine. Um, and we investigated it, and it's no matter what time of day, it's pitch darkness in there. Yeah. It's, it's completely, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Well, um, and we did an investigation where I was physically, um, all I can describe it as being put, uh, punched in the stomach by two hands nearly knocked me against the wall, um, and that kind of scared me. Um, And then, obviously, through that, got we um, the Ghost Adventures came out and did an episode fault as well uh, to celebrate um, London 2012 uh, Mm -hmm. Olympics. So, and then it just progressed from there. But there's something that is attached. Something that knows me, um, and particular rooms, particular areas, mm-hmm. um, I experience things. Have you ever tried to have a, a, a psychic or, or a medium um, figure out who or what is attached to you? Um, it's two soldiers. Um, one's, which is weird, this is the weird part of it, several different mediums have all picked up on this thing. Two soldiers, one English, one French. Um, Mm. And as soon as I walk 
through the doors or the gate over the drawbridge. They're by my side. They're sort of like escorting me. Okay. Um, it's never when I've gone home, it's never sort of followed or anything like that. But when I'm in the fort, when I'm walking around the fort, day or night, they literally do not leave my side. Um, and they have this name called Conch. Um, and when the first medium picked up on it and they were saying, I don't know what this means, but they're calling you Conch. Didn't know what it was, didn't mm. have a clue, did research and found out that back in World War One and World War Two, if you were a conscientious objector, there was a slang word and it was called conch and they were oh. calling me conch. Okay. When I did some looking through the family history, etc., um, we found out on my dad's side um, that m one of my distant relatives on my dad's side during World War One was a lay preacher. And he, because of how he felt, he yeah. was a conscientious objector. Makes so sense. we think the attachment has happened on that, and that's why they see me. I don't know where, but it, it's apart from the the scary being punched. I've never really had any anything nasty. Yeah. The place scares me. I did take a year out of the a year out of the field um, after that that particular experience. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the, the, the ties there. So. Some, some of the mediums are there so they, it feels like they're escorting you, like you're a prisoner or they're just checking on what you're doing. That kind of sounds like you're their bud is what it sounds to me like. Yeah, yeah. So, but there are there are some um, strange, strange ones. Um, I've, I've seen to military, military places such as forts or barracks or whatever, I seem to have um, the same sort of activity. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned that you have come over here to the States and investigated. Where all have you have you been here? And Sam, have you had a chance to come with him as well? Yeah, the only, loca the only location that I've been, obviously, to be able to investigate with Carl was um the Haunted Tuna Park Cemetery next to the Clone Motel in Nevada. Okay. Did you get anything? Any any good? Catch any good evidence? We did. Yeah, yeah. we we did. Um, oh. It was during the day. Um, we were with some friends, um, and they took us on a bit of a paranormal road trip, and we went through. We walked. We we saw the Goldfield Goldfield High School. Um, various at uh, the Tona Par, the Miss 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 Par Hotel. Oh yeah. And then we did, uh, did the clown turned up at the clown motel. Had a little bit of a guided tour by the owner of the clown wow. motel, and they said, "Oh, do you want to go and do a daytime investigation in 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 the graveyard?" And we yeah, we said yeah, we jumped at it. Heck yeah. Um, and we did a spirit box session, um, and we were getting some responses. Um, and crystal clear, we got uh, we asked how many people were there, um, or how many people were standing around, and it gave the exact number. Mm. Um, we got a woman's voice, um, and 
crystal crystal clear EVPs. Like it was intelligent responses to us, uh, both questions that Sam was asking, I was out asking. Um, our friends Jonathan and CC, they were asking questions and we were getting intelligent responses back. Um, and then this more stronger voice came through and you hear crystal clear telling us to leave, Ooh. telling us to go. So we respected their wishes because we did say that if you, if you didn't want us here, we would go. So we, we closed it down and we, we left. Uh, as we were getting into the car, I was sort of looking at the graveyard and I saw, and we were the only ones in there. Mm -hmm. The cemetery is in the middle of nowhere. Um, no phone signal, nothing. And I saw um, a big guy wearing a cowboy hat walking through the graveyard. Mm. Um, I get out of the car, I walk over there, matter of about 15, 15 20 feet. Not a single person in the in, in the graveyard. He just disappeared. Just disappeared behind a tombstone. A uh, big tombstone just disappeared, and that was it. Was this a solid apparition, or or kind of transparent, or solid-ish? I would say okay. it wasn't like completely solid. Couldn't see his legs because of the angle from where I okay. was sat in the car to where he was walking. Um. But yeah, cowboy hat, um, shirt, side profile of a, of a gentleman walking. Wow, that's a too bad you couldn't get a picture of that. That's like that's like a almost like Always a once happens, in a lifetime thing. Happens. You're, you're break, breaking down, and you're, or you're you're taking a break. Turn off the cameras. You turn off the EVP recorder, mm -hmm. and bang, you always get something. Always yeah. something. Yeah, it's it's it, that's the thing is that all these TV shows make it look like it's it's easy. You just set up your equipment and you know you just sit there and wait or you ask a few questions and you're going to get a response. But it never really works out like that in real life, does it? No, no. As they always say, four EVPs, uh, full body apparition by the first ad break. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes for good and television. I've done, I've done I've done the TV side of it. Sam's done a little bit of it as well. I've done I've done Ghost Adventures and I've done Well I've done YouTube. TV. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Paranormal Voyager and stuff Great. like that. Um and I've done Ghost Adventures, I've done World's Scariest Places. Well, I think it was World's yeah, Scariest World's Scariest Places and places oh, like yeah. that. And you can see you can see that how it works by seeing it the other side of the camera and what, what they then put on the TV. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm sure that, um, there's a lot more set up and a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than just, you know, we're going to come in and just set up a few pieces of equipment real quick and do a one night investigation. I would imagine that some of these things are, are more than one night, you know, but it's just edited down. No, yeah. Yeah, normally go well. I think um, I will state I will state this for your listeners and anybody else um, and everything like that. What I saw on Ghost Adventures, from my point of view, nothing was set up, nothing was staged. What you saw on the episode actually happened in the time frame it did. Because oh, okay. uh, if I'd have seen anything hinky, anything a little bit off. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't have I wouldn't have taken part. Um, so from my point of view, I know a lot of people, obviously, they have, they have the whole debate about TV shows. The right. ones I've seen taken part, um, yeah, they're, they're obviously it's for television. You could be there for two or three days mm-hmm. and they make it look like you've been there one, one night or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Ghost Adventures, the way I was there, they were... One it was one investigation on one night. Um, I think we were the one that we were the group. Our group was one of the first people. They actually, Zach and the team asked to take part in the lockdown, so we investigated with them. That's great. Um, so yeah, what I saw, what the EVPs, the noises, everything that happened when I was there, um, I can completely put my hand on my heart. Nothing was. It was as. As it, as it appeared on the show. Well, that's great to hear you say that because I've always, um, well, I'm not going to say always. Let me take that back. I've not always been a fan of Zach Bagans. I, I thought when he first, uh, when he first started out with with the television show, I thought it was one of the dumbest things I'd ever seen. But um, he, you could see over the course of the years how he progressed into a a, a true investigator, and I really do mm-hmm. think that he. That 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 he's genuine in his beliefs and and what happens to him. I think he's a little bit of a drama queen, however. Um, but it's good to I, hear. I would agree. He's very passionate. Yes, um, passionate. That's a good word. Yeah, he's very very passionate, and it's, it's he's very passionate about the show. He's very passionate about how things are done in a certain way, how how it's shot in a certain way. Um, and I, I like that. I like that. But yes, TV's TV. Sometimes, yes, he does come across the way most people think yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's from from the experiences I've had with him. And I, I spent two days with with the team, um, with a few of the other uh, team members of my, that were with, that were shooting on the same episode. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Aaron is. Is an absolute sweetheart. Obviously, Nick at the time he was still on uh, part of the team, right. and then there was Billy. Uh, Jay wasn't on wasn't on the team at that particular moment. Um, I think when they went back to the stage, Jay Nick left and Jay Jay joined and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would I would be interested to know the real story behind what happened with uh, Zach and Nick and why Nick left. Yeah, I've got I've got some ideas in you know, as you say, stark conspiracies and stuff like that. I personally think it was network pressure. He got a program on a different network, and obviously he couldn't work on both. So maybe so. Never know. There's only two people, I guess, who know the real story, and they haven't, as far as I know, haven't said anything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would just be contradiction. It'd be just theories and submissions that we we buy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. many people would know would be the guys, the guy, literally the guy. Yeah. So have have you had the chance to come to the uh, the American South here and investigate any of our haunted locations? Uh, specifically, I'm thinking about the uh, uh, Waverly Hills TB Sanatorium. Uh, no. Hopefully that's going to be next April. That's um, after. Yeah, we're, we're coming over. Um, we're, um, 
we're coming over for Salem Con again. Okay. Um, in April. Um, and we're coming over for that, and then we're also going to be doing a little bit of a, a road trip. And one of the places that we're that has been mentioned is Waverly Hills. Um, well, the other the other place was Gettysburg as well. So, well, I, I um, I'll I'll tell you, um, Waverly Hills is right up the road for me, about maybe an hour and a half. We need to keep in touch because if you really do go to investigate that place, I would love to join you. Mm. Yeah, we'll keep in touch. We're just yeah. we're just firing stuff around at the moment. Yeah. As you know, everybody has bucket lists. Oh, yeah. It's going to be yeah. the five or six of us as well as people um, that are going to be driving us around from, from, the, from that live in the state. Yeah. Um, so we we been tossing around a number of locations. Yeah. Well, like, we want to go here, we want to go there, we want to go to Trans Alley or yeah, just so many different locations. Yeah. Or, or, I, I have investigated. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I have investigated, um, Waverly Hills twice and it both times never disappoints. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. And, uh, I've also been to uh, Gettysburg. I didn't really do uh, an investigation of Gettysburg, uh, but I, I I have been there. Um, I did kind of like I, it was it was more of a vacation I was going on, and and I didn't go there specifically to investigate it. But I did a little mini investigation while I was there. I didn't catch anything at Gettysburg, but I I, I wanted to really bad, and I just felt like there was something that I was missing. So I'm quite sure if I'd have had some more equipment with me that I could have could have caught something there. But yeah, definitely, if you have the opportunity to do Waverly Hills, you should take advantage of it. It is a yeah, yeah. God. It is such a huge place, but it's it does not disappoint. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always a location that I've um, wanted to go to. Um, and I know Sam Sam wants to go as well, and. Um, hopefully, if it all works out, we'll do Salem Con, and then we'll also then go on to do a little bit of a road trip um, in that area, so we can we can go to various different places. So, because um, we have some local local friends that um, live not too far away, mm-hmm. um, and they said they can drive us around to some of these locations. So it's going to be good, and that's next April. All right. Well, definitely let's stay in touch because if I have the opportunity to meet you up, meet up with you there, I would love to join you and, and uh, get a chance yeah. to meet you too and face to face instead of just over a microphone for a change. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Sam's got your details, so um, we'll, we'll keep in touch. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm back in the state. Uh, Sam's not. I'm in, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to Michigan, uh, Paracon. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'll be I'll be there. Um, so yeah, I, I try to get out to the states as, as much as I can because I've got so many friends uh, that I've met over the years mm-hmm. doing what I do and um, uh, getting to know people. So uh, there's always somebody near a, near a location that will take take you there. So. Yeah, and and uh, if you ever want to come to the 
the great city of Nashville, there's a few haunted locations here that I could could take you to, and maybe you could get a chance to check those yeah, out too. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds good. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll keep it. Like I said, we'll keep in touch, and uh, we'll touch base, and um, we'll sort something out when, when when we're next over. Yeah, sounds like a plan. So before we sure. go, guys, I want to ask you two questions here. The first one has to do with what I think is, has become a popular trend in paranormal investigating, and that's uh, demonic possession. It seems like every, um, especially every every reality show, is on this thing with demonic possession. You, you know, uh, the ghost adventure guys are, that's, seems to be their main focus for the last couple of years. And now you've got this show called portals to hell. And, um, there's, uh, even the, the ghost nation, uh, crew has delved into, um, demonic possession and stuff. Do, do you think that's just some sort of, of a trend that's going around or, or if not, why, why would you think that this is just all of a sudden such a hot topic? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. Cause, me personally, I've not in, like been witness to any demonic things. Like I've been witness to like negativity, negative energies, but I've not been nothing, you know, witnessed anything demonic. So I can't really say if it's true, like true, real or not. So, um, I think if you're a nasty person in life, you're going to be a nasty person in in the spirit world, right? Demonic is, I think, as you say, it's get it gets banded around quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in the, the paranormal shows, in um, YouTube shows, Facebook lives, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Um, I believe that it is possible, demonic. I believe that there are cases where I've spoken to people firsthand um, where they've done cases, famous cases. Um, the haunting in, in Connecticut, Carmen Reed, mm-hmm. uh, and speaking to her firsthand, face-to-face, she tells the story of the, the, the possession that was, that was based around um, that went, led to the film, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I believe every word that she told me. So I believe it is possible. Well, I do agree that hashtag it's a demon <laughs> gets banded around quite a lot in yeah. in paranormal shows because I think it drags in viewers. You just look at the recent spike in demonic films like um, the Nun. Um, all those, the, all the stories about Ed, War- Ed Warren and the Rain Warren, mm-hmm. um, and the films, Conjuring, The Conjuring, mm-hmm. and all the different films, Annabelle. And I, the, the thing that really annoyed me about the film when they had the Annabelle is Annabelle the doll is a raggedy doll. It's mm-hmm. not that scary looking. Plastic, thing. plastic <laughs> evil incarnated doll that they portray in the film. I just yeah. wish they'd have taken a little bit more because I think that fuels people's belief that it's these things are, are going to come out and eat you at night or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But 
it's Hollywood. Um, it's a film. Um, I just wish some of them, they sort of stuck a little bit more to the truth than the facts about Annabelle and what Annabelle actually is. Um, and sweet, innocent looking doll to be true, to be honest. Um, not like the thing that is portrayed in the film. So. Well, when it comes to Hollywood, never let something like the truth interfere with your ability to make profits, you know? Absolutely. It's absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will have to say I've, I've been um, doing this for a while and I watch, I, I'll get into um, phases where I, I don't care to watch any, you know, paranormal TV and then I'll get back into it and I want to watch a whole bunch of shows and stuff. But I've seen over the years, you know, this trend of, of all of a sudden, Everything is demonic. It's demon this and demon that. Like like you said, hashtag it's a demon. And I just have a hard time swallowing that. I just really think that that's the, the latest uh, trend in the paranormal, you know. And if you want to get viewers or get better ratings or whatever, you you, you got to go with it's a demon, you know, just to get your... It's well, if it was on YouTube and stuff like that, people would say it's clickbait. So, yeah, um, if you demoned or most haunted is this possessed item, this, that, whatever, right? Um, yes, I believe it does happen. I don't believe it happens as much as some of the shows portray. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes they could be looking at a very angry, very sick serial murderer or yeah. killer is warped mind and everything like that yep. that could right itself um, um, and, it, and all that sort of things like that really but that doesn't mean it's a demon for sure no yeah and no. An, another question I wanted to ask you and this is um, I think more for Sam than than anybody than you Carl but um, so you said the two of you met when Sam interviewed you for, for the show, Sam, how did you get into, um, podcasting or, or radio or, you know, what, what made you get into that? What was the, the draw for that? Well, you know, like a lot of people now, and it to be me, I stick to, I started watching ghost adventures and mm -hmm. I started the radio discussing every week episodes of ghost adventures. And that's obviously how I met Carl because Carl has been on Fort Horsehead episodes. So, then I interviewed him basically, and that's how it yeah. happened. And you've been doing that yeah. for six years now? Yeah, it's six years next month. And tell tell everybody the name of your uh, your podcast. Yeah, our podcast is called PSH Radio. And every every Thursday, well, every Thursday, every Thursday, we're back on air next Thursday's our first show. We've had a little bit of a break uh, to obviously make yeah. sure that we've got guests sorted and all that sort of stuff. So we're back next Thursday. Um, it's live. Uh, it's on. It's for an hour. Um, you can listen. You go. There's an interactive chat room, so you can go in the chat room. You can ask okay. questions to the guests. Um, I just love it because I, I, Sam interviewed me and I, I can talk for England. <laughs> um, and she then just said, oh, do you want to 
do your own show and I did my own show for a little bit and I just used the, the friends that I'd sort of made mm-hmm. over the time. And then Sam said, well, do you want to be my co-host on the Thursday night show? So I moved over to that. Um, we I also do um, used to do um, shows with other people as well. Yeah. Um, but my main, the main show, the one I now concentrate 100% on is, is PHH Radio um, with Sam. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've had a little bit of a break just sorting stuff out. Yeah. But we're back next Thursday. And and where do people go to listen to your, your show? They can, they can, well, the Facebook, Facebook, the Flash shows will be going to Spreaker. So if you just look in Google, PSH Radio, the Spreaker link, okay. it'll come up. But if if you don't listen live, you can listen back, and it'll be going straight onto his YouTube channel as well, which is PSH Radio. And obviously, we have a Facebook page, which is PSH Radio, and a Twitter, which is PSH Radio. And if not, you can always contact us individually. It's obviously, Sam's got all of the social media. I've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Yeah. So you can find us all. We're 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 pretty easy to find. Um, so yeah, um, we're yeah, just find us. And if you've got any questions or whatever, just drop a drop us a message, drop us an email or whatever. So it's um, it's and we'll, we'll be happy to help. So it's it's PSH Radio on Facebook and on Twitter, right? Yeah, and Facebook. Okay, so if if anyone out there is listening to the show and you got any questions you'd like to ask Sam and Carl, just get in touch with them on their Facebook page, PSH Radio Facebook, or at PSH Radio on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Didn't screw that up, did I? Nope. No. Perfect. So my last question that I have for, for the two of you um, before we wrap things up is um, what would be your advice to someone who is, they're interested in the paranormal, um, they want to do some investigating, but they don't know what, they don't know how to get involved. They don't know what to do. What would be your best advice to give someone like that? Um. I think me personally, I would say um, social media is a very good, very good starting place because you can always find local teams. Do your research, do your due diligence. Don't just go with the first team that you find or whatever. Check out reviews. Yeah, um, and do all that sort of stuff. Um, and getting that. Another way of doing it is obviously a lot of people started going through uh, the spiritualist church. Um, okay. Don't think don't think there's any silly questions. There's no silly questions in this field. If you have, because I there's no experts in this field either. You'll learn that there's, there's, there'll, there'll be people that stand it around say they're an expert. There's no experts in this field. Yeah. I'm been doing it over 20 years i'm constantly learning i can learn something from somebody that's been in the field 50 years i can learn something from somebody that's been in it five minutes yeah. you just got to learn read that's very important do a lot of reading um you got to look about the the history of the, the paranormal look at case files etc mm-hmm. just do your just do your judgments it's not 
depends on where, where you want to go. If you want to just go to on public events, um, so you don't want any ties and you just want to go there and experience a, what I call a weekend warrior, um, yeah. you can do that. But if, if you suddenly get the passion, don't go out and buy all the latest equipment. Don't go out and buy a black T-shirt and a black baseball hat <laughs> and an aluminium case and think you're a ghostbuster. That's not going to work. <laughs> I'm just glad to hear you say that. Um, read, ask questions. That's very, very important in my eyes, isn't it, Sam? Yeah. Keep, keep asking questions because if you find somebody, that's why I always say, I'm happy to answer questions no matter what, and there's no silly questions. So yeah. if you've got a question, ask it. Um, if you want advice, ask for it. If you've got an idea, don't be afraid to step up and actually say it because, like we say, we might not be thinking something and then somebody says, well, have you tried thinking about doing it this way? And you go, oh, well, hang on, yeah. So yeah. constantly learn. Don't think you're closed off. Um, don't think it's easy to set up a paranormal team because it's not. Mm. Um, but do 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 the work, do the research, and just have fun at the end of the day. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, too many people think that uh, – you can do exactly what you said, which is go out and buy, you know, some black pants, black t-shirt and a black hat and get a bunch of equipment. And here I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Because equipment slide, which is, which is my main area. Um, you, you, there's probably 95% of the equipment you can buy will have a false positive. So you've got to learn your false positive. You've got to learn. The biggest thing I always say about people with equipment, You've got to know how to change the batteries in the dark <laughs> without putting a torch. Yeah. Because the amount of people you, I know that don't even know how to change batteries in the yeah. dark. And on goes the big flashlight at the moment that you, you don't want any light, whatever. Um, don't go out and buy all the latest equipment. If you are in, if you are technical-minded, research it, ask questions about it. Um, don't go out and buy, like, like X cam SLS or whatever like that, fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars as your first bit of equipment. Mm, Build mm. up to it. Yeah. See if you want to like. See if you actually like doing it. If you're into the equipment side, because the equipment side it can be a little bit different to being being the front man, being the one that goes out there, mm-hmm. because you you have to take a step back and look at the environment. Choose your equipment wisely for the location you're doing. Don't just think you're going to spend two hours setting up equipment, every single room, flashy lights, sensors, and then two hours breaking it down. But then you've got to then you've then got eight hours of investigation, and then you've yeah. got to review eight hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, cameras here, cameras there, EVP recorders all over the place because you've got to review it. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm I'm more for what we call the the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. K I S S. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I'm really have 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 always been more about the personal experience than I have really more about capturing anything on digital, whether it's video or or digital cam or EVPs or anything like that. Now I've got a few good things, you know, but usually when I go investigate. I have just very minimal 
equipment, and I'm more so there for personal experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which there's personal experience, I think, is is, is a is a fundamental backbone of this industry because mm-hmm. unless if you if you're a non-believer, no matter what people will show you, tell you, you aren't going to believe. Oh, for they sure. Can have, they can have have a spirit in a, in a jar, buzzing <laughs> round, and they yeah. still wouldn't believe it. Exactly. So, but also on the same hand, don't be one of those people who believe in it one hundred percent that anything happens is paranormal. No. Um, no. Always look at it and think, okay, we're looking for that small percentage. Yep. What's the logical thing of say you're in a wooden building at night? It's cooling down. It's creaking. That's what that noise could be. So always yeah. look for the logical answer first. And then if you can't come up with a logical answer, that's when you're left with something which is unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here for. And that's what we do. Exactly. And that is the perfect uh piece of advice I think is throughout all that. And I certainly appreciate the two of you being on the show. I'd really love to uh, have you guys back on again. Um, man, I, you know, um, I've been trying to get you on for several months and <laughs> it's just the, the way th- the schedules are working out, you know, um, I think last year I was, I was on a uh, PSH radio and I've been wanting to return the favor for the longest time because that's what we do, right? We, we support each other in the paranormal community. You know, and uh, I appreciate the two of you being on on the show here on Parareality. It's such a it's, it's great to talk to to regular everyday people just like me who just have an interest and have had these experiences. And uh, I, it was really such an enjoyable uh, talk with you guys. I, I could do two or three more hours, but uh, we're already over time now. And I know you guys have got things that you know we're looking at a six hour time difference, so. You know, you're just, you got other things to do on your, your Saturday evening as this is being recorded here. <laughs> but, uh, so no, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. I love I, both me and myself and Sam. Sam will agree as well. She'll she say that. But just chatting to like-minded people um, is, is, is what I get into this, what I enjoy out of it, doing these sort of things or interviewing people because everybody has the same Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's right. going to. Um, yeah, it's 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 nice to talk to like-minded people. It sure is. Talk to them, it sure and that, is. I think that's that, that's the positives. So, just to remind everybody, if you have some follow-up questions for Sam or for Carl, and you want to get in touch with them, you can just search for them on Facebook. It's P. SH Radio on Facebook or PSH Radio on Twitter if you're on the Twitterverse. Uh, PSH Radio can be heard on Spreaker every Thursday starting next week is when you're going to get the uh, the podcast back up and running, but I know you've got plenty of um, replays going on right now. So if you guys want to yeah. check out, uh, now there's a, depending on where you're at, I know I'm, I'm central time zone and that's a six hour difference from where you are. So everybody, if you want to listen to the show live, just keep in mind that there's a six hour time difference. And and what time UK do you come on? 9 PM, 9 PM. So there's at least a, depending on your area of the U S is 
depending on the time difference. But here in Central, it's it's a six-hour time difference. So you subtract six hours from 9 p.m., and that's in the middle of the morning, or, or excuse me, the middle of the afternoon for me. So um, you got to keep that in mind if you want to listen to those shows live. But they're always on the replay. Once again, you can get in touch with them on Facebook at PSH Radio or follow them on Twitter at PSH Radio on Twitter as well. Guys, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. I'm going to end the podcast, and we'll come back and talk for a second, all right? Not a problem. All right. Hey, Sam and Carl from PSH Radio, thank the both of you very much for coming here on Reality, and we're definitely going to get you back on the show again. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Reality. Let me know what your, uh, your thoughts and ideas about it are by uh, sending me an email. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or get in touch with me through my social media accounts. That's Para Reality on Facebook or Para Real Radio on Twitter. You can also call the studio line at 692. That's 615-692-1170. Once again, that number is area code 615-692-1170. And uh, don't forget to uh, visit Parareality.com often to keep up on the latest paranormal news from all around the world. That content is updated daily. You can also shop in the Pair Reality Radio Store and watch some of the uh, terrible, terrible videos that I've made for the show over the years. And uh, you can actually follow my social media accounts from my homepage right at the bottom of pairreality.com. Social media is where you can find out all about what's happening behind the scenes of the podcast because that's where I post a lot of interesting articles on show topics and other interesting stuff such as my travels and investigations, stuff like that, you know. Parareality.com is really your one-stop shopping for everything that's happening in the parareality world. Now, the show, Parareality, can be heard on your favorite podcast platform. The podcast is available on Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Player FM, Deezer, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcast, and YouTube, just to name a handful. Just search for Parareality. If you have a smart speaker, you can listen there too. All you got to do is uh, have any of the aforementioned podcast skills on your device and just say, play the Parareality podcast. And I do now have a Patreon account for the podcast, and I'd love it if you'd sign up to be a patron. There are three different tiers of support, and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest on the podcast or maybe even a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com and look for Parareality. 100% from Patreon goes back into producing this podcast. And I would really appreciate your support so I can keep providing you with quality content. Everyone, the next episode of Parareality will be available on Friday, May 15th, 2020 at 8 o'clock p.m. U.S. Central Time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. Everyone, I hope that this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Hope you have a wonderful evening and a wonderful weekend, and I will see you again in a couple of weeks. If you wish to change... 
you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.